once more into the breach, dear friends. I love that song. Something, 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 glass cannon, something, something, St. Crispin's Day. <laughs> Blah-dee, blah 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 blah. This is Ask an Atheist, 844-Skeptic, 844-753-7842, toll-free nationwide. That is our voicemail number. My name is Sam. You are listening to Ask an Atheist, and welcome to Season 40. How are you? Uh, how are you? Casey, how are you? I'm fantastic. Uh, season 40 so- sounds like a long time. Now that I'm over 40 years old, it sounds like a time I can actually uh, think about. I can actually comprehend <laughs> fantastic and josh how are you i'm doing as good as can be expected being sleep deprived <laughs> <laughs> well i was going to get into that a little bit it is we are we are in fact live on ktqalp 95.3 fm here in tacoma and this is the first time that we've been on live doing ask an atheist in quite some time and so life has changed for a lot of us i've documented some of what's been going on with me but perhaps we should talk about uh so so where is everyone right now i think that's a, that's an important question so casey what's up with you well, i'm sitting in this chair does that help <laughs> yeah i uh, think so i just no i just got back from vacation the first vacation i've had in three years so uh i feel fine um the thing that it, the thing that i you know you, you can't say is does it feel like you uh, even though i was in hawaii a beautiful place and there were hardly any masks does it feel like you were in a time like a nostalgic time before people were afraid to go anywhere <laughs> and afraid to look at people's noses and teeth um kind of kind of yeah. so i came back feeling pretty good i think came back so right now uh, and and since the last time i was on uh, radio versus the martians now i'm medicated uh okay. and not, not the self-medicated variety the professionally medicated so <laughs> I, i'd say i'm doing pretty well and uh josh how are you doing I made a mini me and he is not letting me sleep. So that is that's been my life for a few months now. Well, congratulations yeah, on congratulations, that. Congratulations, Josh. Thank you. Yeah, and that's uh I'm uh doing I, I'm but basically unchanged. I, I don't know. Are you also sleep deprived, Sam? Well, I'm also sleep deprived, but uh, <laughs> unlike you guys, I don't really have a good reason for it. I just am what I am and uh uh, I mean, I'm working here on, on the community radio station. I mean, that's, that's been my focus lately. And so it's a little bit weird to be behind the, uh, to be back in the atheism sort of milieu and, and talking about doing, ask an atheist for the yeah. first time in a while. So, you know, that's one of the things that we're doing at the moment. Um, and it has been a long time since I've I've, I've tried. Oh, I have a, like all of the all of the stuff that that we used to talk about, like back when we were on Scan. Yeah, like, that was a while ago. How do we fill a whole hour? How do we? How- I mean, it's all been said before. Except there's always new things to say about right. the same things you've said before. Before, right. yeah, the, the things you've said before, before. But yes. also just that scare, like okay, wait. You go into something, you go, oh, it's an hour. We can totally do an hour. An hour's not a problem. You know, we could do that all day. And then you sit down and do it, and you're like, oh, crap. I mean, there's also the things that as you get older, it's perhaps uh, you have the idea that there's something you just want to – you hear a conversation coming. Like at the Thanksgiving dinner table, for example, that you hear coming, and you just like – Stand up, walk, and go to the bathroom. So hopefully they've stopped talking about it by the time you come back. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt about most of the topics we were doing 10 years ago. Kind right. of. A little yeah. bit. 
you'd be like, I know, I know how this is going to go. I know what I think about it. I know what you think about it. And I don't even need to hear it. I don't need to, you know, this is, this is just me. This is maybe my, my, the obscurantism you get when you're, you've crested middle age <laughs> and you're at the point where you're just like, I'm never learning anything new. Well, well, that was the thing is I thought that 10 years would be a good run for Ask an Atheist. Mm, uh, I, for sure. You know, I thought, eh, 10 years is a good run. I think we've said what we need to say. Uh, you know, we, we've established sort of a, you, you know, you know the the seeds we planted with Ask an Atheist have borne fruit with Radio versus the Martians. They and, sure have, and with this radio station yes. in some other ways. And eh, it's a good time to move on. But it was stolen from <laughs> us, and and so now I, I I do consider this our tenth year, even though it's technically our twelfth. But like for, we were off the air for a while, so I'm happy to be here. I yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's hard to do a show during COVID times. It really was, because so much of my, uh, you know, so much of the way I did things required that I could look at somebody and gesticulate at them as I talk. And then COVID happened, and now I'm gesticulating through uh, through a camera, and just the latencies weren't working, because I'd gesticulate you, and then you would it'd be like 150 milliseconds, and you go, oh, I have to say <laughs> something now, and that's no good. Listen, that's too long to react to Mario jumping over a cliff, so it's also <laughs> yeah. too long to react to someone talking in a conversation. I it get was, it. It, yeah, it was really hard to any percent ask an atheist because the frame <laughs> rules. The frame rules just weren't there. We couldn't meet it in time, right? Yes. <laughs> well, let's get into some news. Sure. Atheists and humanists who previously blogged at the worldview site Pathios have largely ceased doing so after the managing company Radiant directed writers to quit writing negative or critical posts on religion or politics. By the end of 2021, 20 bloggers had left the Pathios network, many in favor of newly unveiled Only Sky Media. Author Dale McGowan, who has served as the managing editor of the Pathios Nonbelief channel, was tapped to serve as Only Sky's chief content officer. Founder and CEO Sean Harden hopes the site's business model both meets the interests of the audience and invests in its own growth. Uh, just to make sure, uh, full disclosure, Dale McGowan was once my boss. For, oh, wow. For about three or four months. Whoa. <laughs> Back in the day. Um, uh, yeah, so this happened, I think, January? I don't know, so like the beginning of the year. That the website that had been hosting all of the major atheist yeah. blogs yeah. managed by Dale McGowan suddenly decided that, you know, you couldn't say anything bad about religion, or you couldn't be critical of religion or make, like, political posts. I don't understand. So you're saying that all the Pathos people went and they're on OnlyFans.com right now? They went to OnlyFans. Okay, it's all now, nude. Yeah. It's basically all nude. All nude atheists, live nude atheists. Well, not all of the purient content that we're discussing <laughs> involves nudity. Okay, I, fair so, enough. So, like, a fair amount of it may not involve nudity. I mean, like, you know, you saw that episode of Better Call Saul. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, I, I'm pretty sure there was no nudity in that. Yes. At <laughs> least in the early episodes. Maybe, you know, maybe maybe they introduced nudity in Sweeps Week. It's, bu- it's possible. It's the possible. In- does the internet the internet Sweeps Week? It's always Sweeps Week on the internet. Oh, it's true. always Sweeps Week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I have not read Pathy for a long time. I mean, I'm now. I feel like I'm an old man. I feel like I'm so far out of the loop. I feel like most of the uh, the news I get comes from billboards that I drive past on my <laughs> commute back and forth. And I want you to know that uh, driving here, there is evidence for God. I s underscore evidence for God, and that evidence is a cute baby's face. Right. That's, that's basically that's the most important thing I've learned all day. I would say. Do, do you st- from a billboard? Uh, where, where do you stand on the blogging thing? So I mean. 
Pathios, uh, this can only go one way, because how do you talk about religion without actually talking crap about other religions? Right. It's kind of... it's it uh, so uh, essentially it's going to become take it's going to be taken over by a singular religion i think it's that's it really does go go in that that way i mean at the start of it it feels like npr ecumenicalism where you know where the whole concept with a lot of these um religiously inclusive things that you hear in media and news and something that actually caused athena caused asking atheists to get off the board we've been talking about this for the whole string of it is the idea that we're all you know you can have different religions you can have different identities you can have different ideas but we all have some silly unlogical thing that causes us to be mean to people and as long as we recognize that well uh you know, we can get along. Oh, there's atheists? You mean your entire basis of meaning being mean to people doesn't involve mythology or superstition at all? Well, you can't play. <laughs> so <laughs> instead, it's going to be, instead of nice, polite Republicans, it's going to be nice, polite Christians, supposedly. Okay. I, I, I'll i be honest with you. I haven't looked back at Pathios since all the bloggers I like left. Not that I'm, like, following a lot of bloggers, i got to be honest. A, a big part of what I, you know, my blog reading is entirely... Uh, it is entirely filtered by social media. You know, my friends will say, hey, go read this, go read this friendly atheist post. Well, that, that just raises the question for me is, um, how much of the, so probably the time that I was reading Pathios blogs was probably over a decade ago, and now the era of platforms has come. How much of it is just the economic model of a, uh, of a site like that is, has been so, subsumed by platforms like Facebook and the like that they've necessarily needed to change or the people own them have desired to change the way they serve content to service the sort of totalizing function of these platforms um, such that you do get that weird Facebook effect on everything. How much of it is, how much of it is that or how much of it is just like there's new management and the new management is just a jerk. Because <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, that just that seems to be what has occurred here because it looks like uh, Pathios got bought, okay. and it was the new owners who were like, "We have this atheism channel. Wait, you're actually being inclusive? Eh, okay. No, no, yeah, there's no room for this." So now, I thought it was just that atheists were just not popular, and so therefore they didn't bring in the money, and so therefore we just find a way to push them out. Actually. Know? I mean, not that I heard anything officially, but it's but it sounded to me for a long time that that the atheism section, the non-belief section of Pathios, was the only section of of Pathios that was bringing in the money regularly. Mm-hmm. Like that was the case for a fairly long time because, well, I mean, the atheism movement was kind of built in the blogosphere. Sure, it was. Yeah, yeah, and um, and but now you know maybe that's changed and that's something we're probably going to be talking about in this season sure <laughs> but uh um and so goodbye and so they they had to like they were they were voted off the island and uh they had to they had to build their own spaceship with blackjack and other things and that's where they are <laughs> and it it, it kind of reminds me of of so <laughs> So this is this is something Josh is is sort of from the technological perspective. It's a conversation that I've been having with people lately. It's like let's be honest. In the last couple of years, I've really embraced my old Unix graybeard philosophy where like eh, social media, no, uh, not doing that. Like, you know, 
I actually get a little a little heat for this. I have no assistive devices in my house. I I, I can't yell into the into the ether and have some corporation provide advertising mediated responses to me. So why not make your own? Well, okay. <laughs> because I, I I feel weird having live mics around me at all times. It's like okay, I'm never I'm never off the clock. But um but so one of the things that I've been complaining about in my Unix graybeardism is just the fact that nowadays like all of the places where people are, all of the social media things that people pay attention to are centrally owned, centrally managed walled gardens. Facebook, Instagram, uh, tweet, Twitter. Uh, Even the free speech platforms are supposed to be completely open. Free speech platforms are becoming walled gardens. Right. And so the only people using distributed systems, the only people using like the Fediverse or actually pushing the Fediverse that I actually see doing on a regular basis are hate groups. Yeah, Donald Trump, I think one of his uh, original ori- uh, media platforms was actually the Fediverse. Yeah. Uh, open source code being used to just repurpose for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got also the, the after Stop the Steal kind of fizzled out. Right. After Jan 6 came by, they were like, oh, we got Signal got a huge uptick in people because <laughs> they're both social. They, they don't want the, they don't want the, the feds to see what you're, you know, hear what you're saying. Well, isn't even Truth Social centrally owned? I mean, not that you can get on it to save your life from what I've heard, but is is I'm pretty sure it's not a Fediverse thing. It is not a Fediverse thing. It is definitely centrally owned and centrally badly programmed. Yeah. Oh, is it? I, oh, I've not heard anything. It's about hilarious that. because uh, I think Gitter is getting more downloads than Truth Social at this point. Okay, uh, Gitter. I'm presuming is not like Gitter is Twitter for Republicans. No. How is that different than Parler? It's not. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> what about Spurter? Who's Spurter? Squirter. Spurter. Squirtle. Is Squirtle a thing? Is Squirtle Nintendo's? Uh, I was going to say Squirtle sounds like a Pokemon. It is yeah, a don't Pokemon. don't name don't name your um, your social media after Nintendo will take you down. Yeah. yeah, they will. Actually, I'm expecting an email from Nintendo now that I've said Squirtle <laughs> on the air. To be honest with you, um, but let's get down to the meat and potatoes of this thing. Let's get down to the most important thing in this whole thing about blogging and Pathos. They named it only Sky Media. Have we talked about how much I hate that John Lennon song? <laughs> oh, I didn't. I did not put that together. Yeah, it's the only Sky. Yes. Why, why? Like we are. We are a. Or we are a group of people who have gotten together to get beyond superstition, to get beyond bad behavior, to get beyond uh, 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 all this stuff, and 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 to like talk about things from an evidence based perspective, to to promulgate knowledge and empiricism and study and the scientific method and following the facts and our theme song is this milk toast boring thing what do you have against the pop version of the communist manifesto it's not even the communist manifesto i'd be down for that <laughs> i got tired of the humanist manifesto because they dropped all the socialism stuff version three is not my bag let's go with version one let's do the one from the, the international 30s. you want to sing the international yeah, instead yeah. Like john lennon sure <laughs> i think i may in fact go around carrying pictures of chairman mao <laughs> that might happen uh, the uh, the idea that you uh, name it something that has the word sky in it, which I know words are just words, and so right. even though uh, uh, Rupert Murdoch 
had owned a network, a another media network that was called Sky, mm. uh, that had a bent, had its own political bent. Right. Um, I would not have used the word Sky. That was just me. The, my immediate association was, oh, this is a Sky network thing. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I don't, I don't think I want to. I don't think I want to give the clicks to Rupert Wait, Murdoch. What, did you just? It's a Sky network. It's a Sky <laughs> Sky net. Net. Oh uh, no. This just seems uh, like a bad choice from multiple facets. This seems like a really terrible choice. Yeah, no. Uh, if you want, I think a, a song that meant something to me uh, from for the atheist movement is I would go with. Uh, I mean, Elvis Costello, of course, because he's probably the one lyricist I like the most. But his uh, song, I think it's from the early '90s or late '80s. On Mighty Like a Rose, The Other Side of Summer, which mm-hmm. actually, and I thought of it because it references, um, it references that song, which kind of gave you, which kind of like encapsulates of what I felt about using, like, getting together and we're going to sing Imagine from John Lennon. And this, was it a millionaire who said, Imagine no possessions? <laughs> <laughs> and a poor little schoolboy who said, We don't need no lessons. I could, like, I, I know. Right. It, and it was, and it's a song about how, uh, we've all screwed up everything and the world is burning. Sorry, kids. That's, that's the, I agree with that sentiment. Basically, the I song. was going to say, I think if I were to have my choice, it would be the Dead Kennedys, Nazi punks, F off. That would okay. be mine, but I, not everyone's going to get on board with that. Well, uh, honestly, I think if you want a, a, a motto from the Dead Kennedys or a song, an anthem from the Dead Kennedys, rather, that's going to lead us into the future, uh, on a bright shining future that will fill me with disgust i think it, <laughs> i think it's gonna be california uber yeah yeah it? i mean really this is true this is ask an atheist 844 skeptic 844-753-7842 we are back i'm a little rusty we're gonna go to the break and when we come back uh we're gonna talk about education probably have becky come in and say a few things Wait, we're live? This is a warning made by the team Hot People. Squidding. It is a lie. For example, the last day. Hey kid, wanna buy some squid ink? Sure. They never saw that kid again. Notice, do not listen to squid ink salesmen. Ever. CampQuest Northwest can be found at CampQuestNorthwest.org. Donations and volunteers accepted. Cephalopod is not real. Ah, no. I'm Deputy Pirate Man. I'm Deputy Pirate Man. I'm Deputy Pirate Man, and this is a PSA. Do not use squid ink unless you are under the influence of other substances. When you are under the influence of squid ink alone, you will become a monstrosity, irreversible and unidentifiable. They will not be able to notice your very existence. When using other substances, it negates the effects of squid ink. Other substances are... Antiacids. Bark of a large tree. Human ears. And feathers of a cocoa tree. CampQuest Northwest can be found at CampQuestNorthwest.org. Donations and volunteers accepted. Cephalopod is not real. Ah, no. Welcome back. This is Ask an Atheist, 844-SKEPTIC, 844-753-7842. That is our toll-free number nationwide. And I know we're still playing those, uh... 
I know we're still playing those Squid Ink ads that we made in 2018. Even those kids are now like accountants and have <laughs> I jobs. Hope not. I don't know. They're paying taxes and whatever. I, just, I, I am a little. I love those commercials so much, but I'm a little worried. Like some of the some of the campers in those ads are now counselors at, wow. at Camp Quest. Like That's awesome. Yeah, it, it's been that long. And I'm a little worried that I'm embarrassing them. Oh God, you're playing that thing when I was <laughs> when I was super into Yu-Gi-Oh, and I'm so embarrassed about it. And uh, oh. <laughs> you know, and it, I don't know, but they're they're frankly some of some of the the best things I think I've ever produced are those Squid Ink ads. I don't know. I like them. Keep them rolling. <laughs> All right. The American Humanist Association Center for Education has announced a partnership with the United Theological Seminary of the Twin Cities that will offer two programs, a Master of Divinity in Humanist Studies and a Master of Arts in Leadership in Humanist Studies. Students with these concentrations will take four courses that incorporate content from the Humanist Institute Certificate Program. The seminary, which is rooted in traditions of the United Church of Christ, welcomes all denominations and traditions and espouses a commitment to interreligious engagement and progressive theology. It offers programs in Unitarian Universalist, Islamic, and Baha'i studies. And this is obviously uh, a, 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 a summary of, of, the new, uh, of the new degree written by somebody who thinks this is a good idea. <laughs> hey! Is, which is isn't about, it? <laughs> which is about 180 degrees at odds with uh, really what I think about it, which I'm, I'm, not, I'm not so much a fan. And joining us is our educational correspondent and recent uh, master's degree uh, getter. <laughs> is that a social is getter a social media that is a now? social media oh, okay it's not, yeah. so our and our master's degree github <laughs> becky how are you becky i'm great sam <laughs> don't know how i feel about being referred to as a master's degree github but uh yes i have recently enrolled in um in additional graduate studies for k-12 administrator certification and credentialing, so I will be embarking on that soon in my educational education career. So that's kind of what you're up to. That is what I'm up to. Uh, I did not make a mini-me. Um, I didn't uh, go to Hawaii, but uh, I'm getting another another degree. <laughs> in, uh, when you're going to do K-12 through administration, do they have a course that has to do with proper ruler control when you hit children's behinds with it i always felt that was a necessary when i was young and i was going through christian schools i always thought that was a necessary training is for you to be able to wield the ruler slash belt slash paddle properly so that you didn't you know you didn't overly injure the kids that they wouldn't go home and complain to their parents casey i'm happy to work in a state that does not allow for corporal punishment in our public k-12 system things are so different now (laughs) in my job as a as a a professional development uh you know educator of other educators right now i have actually had to have a coaching conversation with a teacher that laments that we can't ruler slap the kids those little brats wow really i really have yes that's the thing that i've had how did that conversation go down did did they say the phrase spare the rod spoil the child they didn't i don't think that it was at all religiously tinged it um and and so i think it was in a uh in sort of an exasperated way just um you know oh i wish that this was the case and then (laughs) gently reminding the person of all of the reasons why that is no longer permitted, at least in the state of Washington, there are still school, um, there are still states that do permit school districts to allow corporal punishment, uh, much to my dismay. 
Um, and, you know, when you have someone that sort of believes that that sh- still should be allowed, we say, okay, well, at the end of the day, it's not something that you can legally do, so we don't do it. Here are a lot of other opportunities to redirect behavior or <laughs> maybe, you know, uh, uh, put into perspective your own educational practice and to reassess your pedagogical philosophy. So I literally don't know what any of those things mean. He lied. No, I no, I I may know the concepts behind them apparently, but that that just that was like a whole lot of words. Now, now I know what it sounds like when I go on about you know the TCP/IP stack of Linux. <laughs> yes, I've accomplished something. Yeah. Okay. So there was a time back in the day of Ask an Atheist where I thought maybe getting a degree in divinity would have been a good idea. Like maybe something I could have done because because there, there was like. There was a time before we moved to Washington where where Becky was possibly going to be going to uh, Berkeley in California, and uh, and she was going to be going back to school. And at this time, I was sort of between career uh, between points in my career, uh, and I was a little bit more effective as a human being as I am these days. And I thought, well, maybe you know, uh, there's a UU seminary out there. Maybe maybe I could get a get a degree and become a, uh, become a pastor. Not a pastor, but some sort of clergy as as an unbeliever and sort of provide those services to the community and um and as somebody who uh who thought pretty hard about that and tried to try to communicate to the world that maybe maybe we need those sorts of things um i had a hard time convincing people that that was something that the that the community needed at all like they said no like the whole point is to get away from that i'm like no 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 no, I don't want the hierarchy. There shouldn't be, and this is where my phrase, the Archbishop of Atheism, comes in. It's like, there's good, there's no Archbishop of Atheism. I'm not in charge of you. You are not my flock. I'm just somebody who occasionally says something and then is here to help the community. I, my, my job is, is sort of a community janitor. This sounds a lot like a uh, humanist chaplains that we actually have uh, been rolling out for the last decade. Yeah, yeah, something a lot like that. But I had such a difficult time getting uh, the community in in Arizona and here in Washington to kind of to kind of understand that that's a thing that we that could help us and might you know help us build the community and move forward and and become uh, and, and sort of help us iterate and become better people. Is, is if we just work together and you had somebody whose job it was to sort of iterate, to do that iteration or sort of manage that iteration. So who is this fellow? This is about five or six years, seven or eight years ago. I don't, I don't time. Who knows? Right. Um, you interviewed him actually. His name was like Guy to something. He's got a, he has a very, he's an English guy with a very French name. We're thinking Alain de Botton? Alain de Botton, yes. Yeah. Uh, who had the thing that his whole thing was, oh, well, uh, we shouldn't just throw away all of the, uh, the sort of the pomp and circumstance and also the social sort of the social benefits of the church and the communal experience or whatever. Um, and I think now as I do, as I thought then, which is, I think that's all BS. I think the idea that you like, so, like if you could just have some, if you had some secular substitute to plug in there, then people would have a patent. I, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think right. to, to me, it's, I think it's great. Education is fine. 
I'm happy that there is a place where people, if you were atheists, who actually, let's just say you like religion. It's a topic that it interests you, and you would like to be a scholar even though you are not a member of a clergy. <laughs> Great! I think that's amazing. But what Sam's talking about is someone different than a scholar of religion. Some, it's Sam's, I think, talking about, like you said, that community janitor. Someone in a pastoral sense to comfort the bereaved, to provide guidance, to provide, you know, um, um, a series of activities, to perhaps even oversee the institution of or the, the instituting of some kind of ritual. Sure. I, I mean, I work in K-12 public education, and we certainly have rituals. Uh, you talk about pomp and circumstance. We literally play pomp and circumstance. Some of the most ritualized things involve high school graduation ceremonies. But even down to, like, what cheers you sing at the basketball games versus the football games, those are all rituals. And those are all things that can either have someone create and and, uh, engender a sense of belonging or have that sense of othering. Those are are risks in in rituals. And, and of course, I think the idea there is to... Had to give the their sort of herd of cats style social group that usually is atheists some sense of to be like well you don't have to be alone and feel awful and feel like no one understands you you can have this I just am I just more so now than I would have been when we started this show I'm just more convinced of the idea that you can't trust hierarchical religious organizations to let you come in and uh, supplant part of their their raison d'etre um, and not have an enormous amount of institutional resistance. And that's sort of the poison pill in this for me uh, at the end of the day is I actually think that maybe a non-hierarchical or or a, a hierarchical where a point where the hierarchy of the organization is not meaningful uh, sort of humanist clergy uh, could be something that we need. But now we're having it sort of mediated by the United Church of Christ. And as as yeah. ecumenical as they are, we just did a story about how an ecumenical organization just decided to kick atheists to the curb. Like, that's that's no good. And yeah. now you're going to place an entire educational infrastructure that is supposed to create people or, or build people up to go out and serve the community. You're going to lean on the United Church of Christ for that? You don't you don't see a problem there? I, I mean, I certainly do. I, th- th- this is this is part and parcel why I decided to become an atheist in the first place is that every time I ended up working for a church, they got mad at me because I wasn't a member of the church. And so now, here in the community radio context, I work with churches. I do not work for churches. I think what you're uh, honing in on, Sam, is something that's very important to note. And it also perhaps overlaps with another uh, bugbear of yours, which has to do with how academic certificates or some record of accomplishment of learning is actually regarded in the public. So prior to this partnership with the United Church of Christ, um, you know, seminary, the Humanist Institute, which was sort of the educational arm of the American Humanist Association, they've since uh, changed their name to uh, the, the American Humanist Association Center for Education, they would offer a humanist chaplaincy or humanist celebrant certificate. Wait, the AHA completely changed their name? No, no, no. The AHA's educational arm, educational oh, oh, department oh, okay. changed their All name. Right. And so prior to this, you would have a certificate program. And it's a certificate program in humanist chaplaincy or humanist celebrant um, 
ness, I guess. And we have friends of the show and folks that have been on the show that uh, have gone through uh, the the training. Yeah. Um, and is, the is that just to be like a someone who's going to officiate? Is that the reason why you'd get those? Um, it could be. So that you could officiate weddings, yeah. but it also had they also had education about how to do that community building, how to look sure. at social change, how to look at group dynamics. Uh, when you come up with um, budgetary constraints, when you're actually building an organization, um, uh, death and dying. Um, and yeah. so, what this program does is take it out of the wing, out of the branch of just this like floating certificate program, and puts it squarely in the. Uh, camp of the you get a master's of arts and educational leadership or you get a master's in divinity which could be more highly regarded in standard workplace positions now as a as an educator it doesn't matter what my master's is in the fact that i have a master's puts me at a higher pay scale so i could have my bachelor's in teaching and i could have my batch my i could have my my teaching certificate and I could have a master's in divinity, and I would still be paid at the master's level. But, but if I just had my certificate from the Humanist Institute, I wouldn't be at that place. But, Becky, you're an education server. Like, you're a provider of education. True. Josh, you're an education client. You are a consumer of education. Uh, <laughs> the whole time I've known you, you've been getting certificates and degrees and and, and just kind of building up that, that academic uh, repertoire. Um, does this seem at all compelling to you? Like, I... I, I, because you, you are someone who, like, we've talked about what the community means and what it means from sort of a sociological and even, if you'll pardon my use of the term, semiotic basis. Like, how compelling is this to you? Uh, I find it not very compelling at all to get a degree from a religious institution. Okay. Uh, one, because, like, when you're trying to go for that degree, they hold certain things. A lot of these institutions will sit there and hold something over your head. Right. BYU and Liberty University are all famous for this. I don't know anything about this institution. But Th- these guys on that score, the United Church of Christ, are pretty okay. Like the, they have a they have a really good reputation for not for not scamming people. Let me put it that way. you know for the way that they'll the, for the way that like BYU and, and Libu will will scam people. Like they're they're not on that level. I will say that. Uh, unashamed and you know even though i have no notes in front of me i would say if that's the case and you're 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 secure about getting the degree and the institutions isn't going to try and um, exercise some control over your content or anything like that i don't see anything wrong with it it's just Mm -hmm. it's not the route i would go yeah that's kind of it for me is this isn't the first time we've talked about an MDiv available to humanists, like a, a humanist degree in divinity. Uh, the, the, Har- the Harvard uh, Harvard had a humanist divinity program. I forget. We interviewed him a few times, I think. That would be Greg Epstein. Greg Epstein. And, and he was a good interview and he was a good guy to talk to. And I, I think his heart was definitely in the right place. And he serves as a humanist community chaplain as and well. He, and he's he himself is doing the work. But it really seemed like the kind of of clergy that 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 the kind of person that the Harvard program was turning out was some more someone more book focused than and, and someone more knowledge focused that that uh, person with a degree in divinity uh, you know humanist divinity from Harvard was somebody who knew a lot of stuff who had a lot of like they would they would rock Jeopardy like they would just they would just own Jeopardy. <laughs> And, and that's what they were good at. But then you get them in, in a part where they had to be community focused. And I'll be honest with you, they just seem kind of lost. This is what, when you first, the first few sentences, my thought in my head was, 
Um, is the secular equivalent to this just your run-of-the-mill counselor, your run-of-the-will right. psychological counselor, yeah. not even psychiatrist, but that we that almost every city and on the globe has um, the idea. Just unfortunately, the idea in Amer- in this country being is that they're kind of they're kind of weighed down and penned in by a sort of a healthcare system. Excuse me, they're kind of penned in by a healthcare system, and so therefore there's this whole thing about you being like. You got to have an appointment for, you know, we got to have insurance. You got to have referrals and stuff like that. But aren't really we talking about the, the sort of some of the function of the traditional idea of a priest, of some kind of religious community leader? Is that secular counselor, the person who is there for bereavement, the person who is there for, I'm in crisis, I need someone to talk to? It's just unfortunate that the way it is now, it's like, it's a service in the medical system. It's kind of pathologized. Yes, yes. I, I think that this is not just the counselor function, but also what you, what I suspect you might get from, say, an MBA with a focus in nonprofit management. Hmm. Because you're looking at creating organizations or leading organizations doing the budgetary management, which, right. I mean, that's something that maybe a counselor wouldn't have had the, the experience, you know, doing in their in their, you know, masters in, in social work or masters in counseling. Right. Right. Um, there is the the list available of what concentrations and courses you actually take in this, and one of them is a pragmatic one, not so much the book focused one. And it's things like an um, introduction to pastoral care, right? How yeah, do you actually yeah. give that care? Um, there's uh, using your public voice. There's the uh, let's see, um, what was it? Uh, uh, humanist leadership: How to run an organization. That's right. literally one yeah. of the classes that you take. I, and I'm all in, in favor of that. I just the one, only other one of the classes. I think that might be my problem right there. Yeah, I, uh, that it's not the main focus. Yeah. The the last thing I'll say about this is uh, I used to live next to a Jesuit university. I went to a Jesuit university. I took some theology classes there. I really enjoyed them. They taught me to be a better atheist. Um, the, <laughs> I used to live next to uh, the the local version, and there were some advertisements up about their divinity course. I guess it was probably their post, their graduate, I guess. Um, and it was all about trying to sell the idea of you getting out of this program and becoming a corporate chaplain. And therein lies the thing that uh, that makes me the most uncomfortable with this is that it is yet another sort of thing that will that people will come in with the idea of this very heady. Oh, yeah, I want to learn about religions. I want to learn about faith. I want to learn about these, all these ideas, human ideas. And in the end, they're about what a, comp- what a corporation's HR department hires, uh, you know, as part of a, as part of some kind of a scheme to make it so people don't sue them, you know. And I feel like the idea of, the idea of a quote, corporate chaplain, unquote, right. is what I feel like this would feed into because you need to have a logical job. At the end point of doing something like this. So that that disturbs me on many other levels. If I'm going to give the Jesuits some credit, which is, uh, I honestly, I'll admit a bit of a stretch in my case. <laughs> um, wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't the idea of a corporate uh, a corporate chaplain make a little bit of sense? Like, wouldn't it be great if corporations had, like, I don't know, morality? Ethicists of some yeah, sort? Yeah, ethicists. <laughs> ethicists is the word I'm looking for. And while I do think uh, purveyors of religion and people undergo, you know, people performing the Great Commission make for poor ethicists, at least they're thinking about ethics. 
Like, isn't that not something that we'd like to see in corporations? Maybe, but then look what happened with Google on the don't be evil slogan. Well, they dropped it. Like, exactly. they literally said, okay, we're going to be evil now. <laughs> Maybe they just needed yeah. a humanist chaplain at the Yeah, home. sure, sure. There's, there's also, Casey, what you said, you need kind of this, like, manufactured job slot for folks that graduate from a master's in divinity with a concentration in humanist studies to go. That job slot we've been pushing for as humanists for ages and that is humanist chaplaincy in the military you mean oh yeah yeah. that's there's that's something there i mean that's that's something that's even been a hard sell among humanists because they just don't want to have anything to do with the military they don't care about the military and they they just assume that the whole concept of of the military is anti-humanist and therefore, we shouldn't have anything to do with it. And who cares uh, they're, about they're the not, individuals in the military? They're, they're not they're, wrong. Sorry, yes, Josh. They are. <laughs> they are absolutely wrong. As someone that was in the military, the, the thing that we absolutely need is humanist thought. It doesn't have to be atheistic humanist thought, but like we need to teach better ethics to our military in order to understand that, like. We, I mean, the military is a tool, right? And it, it's a tool that could be used for good or evil. And I mean, you should be able to decide if you're doing good or evil. Sam, Sam do you have point. forty extra minutes? Because I think we don't. No, no, <laughs> the military. I, I think I can simplify it. The military is made up of people. It has people in it, and therefore it has. And the military, as the uh, arm of force production uh, projection of a na- nation state, has to make ethical decisions. Therefore, you need people who are capable of ethical computation. And right now, the only people who are capable of ethical computation inside the military are generated by organizations like Liberty University. And then also, we should be counting on the government to have ethics. uh, But again, they sent us to Iraq. Right. Yeah. And maybe if you had folks who were making those ethical decisions and doing the ethical calculus inside of the Pentagon before they decided to go after the guy who hurt my daddy, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe some better, could you be talking about? Maybe some better decisions could be made. And and uh, so, like, I'm not a big fan of the military. I think, uh, or I'm not the big fan of, mil- of force protection as a concept for a nation state. I, but that's a long ass. That's a long conversation. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, as long as you have this organization and you have these millions of people and they all have guns, then maybe giving them an ethical education or maybe having people who are capable of ethical thought inside that organization may be something that we need. Agreed. Uh, and if I were to do, honestly, and I've thought a long and hard about this, if I were to do a, um, you know, like a... Uh, MDiv for humanists or an MDiv for atheists. Let's take let's take humanism out of it entirely and just make it a, a degree in uh, a divinity degree for atheism, so that you would go on and be a clergy for atheists. It would be not in the divinity school. It would be a psychology degree. It would be a clinical psychology degree, but it would have added sociological like you always have to take some sociology with your psychology degree but it would there would be an increased level of sociological understanding a decrease of psychological diseases you wouldn't focus on abnormal psychology at all because that's not your job you leave that to the professionals so you would focus on mass psychology personal clinical psychology you would focus on sociology there would be a semiotic component where you where you pay attention to what signs and what is meaningful to people so that you can spot meaningfulness when it happens and you know what to perceive 
and that you can help people with these meaningful things, and you would also have acting. <laughs> I'd like to add debate to that. Debate? My, I, you see, I think debate is overrated. It is overrated, but the, it's still necessary, unfortunately. Because <laughs> acting, because sometimes, as someone who's been a community leader, I feel like dirt. I feel like garbage. I wait. I have no sleep schedule to speak of. I have no circadian rhythm. I have had 45 minutes of sleep. My mind is a mess. I feel terrible. But now I have to put my game face on and go tell this guy that, that it's okay that his wife, you know, that you will continue even though your wife has died. Like, there is a future for you. Like, that's a thing that I've had to do. Acting helped. Morality didn't help. Ethics didn't help. Psychology didn't help. Sociology didn't help. Acting helped. Because I was able to put the right face on it and say the right things to do what I... Did I feel these? Did I truly feel these things? Yes, I felt these things. But I was not in a space to really transmit them if I didn't know how to act. And and that's you in a place where you can be honest. And I feel like (laughs) you're potential counterpart who is a pastor or a rabbi or an imam can't say that because acting would give up the game right where the game is this is something we pretend to do about the truth and not really actually the truth well that that's the end of the day is i'm never gonna like that would be the if we had one rule is don't lie yeah don't lie yeah no your 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 wife is dead they're gone you know they are now one with history, and that's something you have to face. But you have a future. The memories exist within you. I mean, this is this is a, a the idea that we live on in the memories of others is not unknown to you, Becky, and one thing. No, and certainly not only uh, the place of just atheists. Um, I think as a as a human thing, when we look at memorializing individuals, that is a thing that can be most universal and comforting to many, even those who do believe in an afterlife. Well, and and on that pleasant thought, <laughs> at, at, at least at least we're ending a segment on dead people and not a whole show. This is Ask an Atheist, 844-SKEPTIC, 844-753-7842. Get to the break, get a little breath, come back, and um, uh, we have some interaction with other people that we haven't caught up on, so we'll talk about that. If you or a loved one have used any squidding products, then you may be entitled to addiction to the products, drawing squid arms, going mentally insane, losing friends and or family, and certain death. If you have been approached by and or seen members of the Squidding Corporation, please contact your local Inkerton Detective Agency immediately. Camp Quest Northwest can be found at campquestnorthwest.org. Donations and volunteers accepted. Cephalopod is not real. Ah, no. That's that's something I've never been able to do before. <laughs> I love that song. that that I uh, <laughs> that I was able to do. Ask an atheist eight four four skeptic eight four four seven five three seven eight four two. 
God, it feels good to say that again. I have to admit, maybe I might feel like I'm done, but then I turn on the microphone and I go, "Yes, great, the state four four skeptic," and suddenly it just feels right. You know, it's one of those. Feels good. Yeah. <laughs> if it's good to you, it's got to be good for you. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I have a history of medical procedures I have to do that uh, th- that say no to that idea. No. <laughs> so, um, we've had some, uh, some, some interactions, and I'll do one right now. Uh, I wrote this one, this one, uh, Twitter post, and it's, I just had a thought about a future virtualized human species that has forgotten its biological origins and is trying to figure out where they come from and posit, instead of a mitochondrial Eve, a transistorological Mario. <laughs> so if you think about this concept, it's it's a post-human world where, uh, you know, humans are no longer a biological species and they're trying to figure out from their code revisions, like they're going back in their Git logs to figure out where they come from and they find... An NES cartridge because somebody just included it in the comments one time or something like that. So it's they just it, found the dot INS headers, right? They're like, this is where it begins. It's no longer in God, you know, in, in the beginning there was whatever. It's yeah. dot INS and all of the garbage at the beginning of a yeah. cartridge. In, 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 in the beginning, Mario hit the question block <laughs> and got a power of mushroom. And it starts with assembly, I think, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, I got, I got a weird response from, uh, at smokers pot. <laughs> who's uh who's uh, who's apparently writing the the pot smokers bible the bible duh we have forgotten god equals those who from the heavens came there is no god only atheans that do not want to be or no, atheans aliens i can read <laughs> Man, some things never change right yeah. there is no god only aliens that do not want to be worshipped the prophecy of isaiah foretells that the aliens create atheists yeah. drug using atheists <laughs> <laughs> smoke pot smokers pot or whatever he says is definitely getting high on his own supply i one presumes <laughs> i i, I, I this is one of those things where, where okay, like obviously there's weirdness around what you're doing, but at the end of it, like, okay, <laughs> all right, like so, so you're saying that there is a god and they made, they made in in this order, uh, alien. No, there is no god, only aliens. So, um, I guess this is ancient aliens thing. It's which- another ancient alien. <sighs> What is it with the It just could be someone who read like David Brin uplift novels when they were 13 or 14 years old and that just formed their entire sort of metaphysical world. So, uh, so, so, so there is no God. There's only extraterrestrial aliens who land on planet Earth. Sure. And create in this order atheists and then drugs for the atheists to use. I mean, that seems like a good development process. <laughs> and nothing else matters. That's and no, all that's that it. matters. That's all there is. Um, the, like, that seems like a good developmental process. You go down and you create the major engine first, and then you figure out, like, the structure, like, you figure out how the library is going to be written, and then you write the things that bind that library. I mean, sure. from a developmental sure. perspective, this is... This the atheists is. are the end product. <laughs> Can we write that up in a scrum? <laughs> oh, God. Team coding atheists? Oh, boy. 
Uh, okay, so how do we how do we make the love hate relationship with Sam Harris happen here? Like, oh oh God, this, this library sucks. Okay, Christians, you can have him. <laughs> he is yours. He is your poster boy for what an atheist should be. There you go. So, you, you're welcome. This is well to pay attention to that guy. Go, go ahead, but oh, I he's, had, he's so far off the radar now. I can't even. Uh, uh, once Bruce Schneier kind of nuked him from orbit, I kind oh. of stopped paying attention. Sure. And that was like back in 2012. Right. Right. right? He was doing something about uh, Vipassana Buddhist sort of stuff that I was a little interested in because. He really? Had like a, yeah, because, you know, he's he, he did like he's done drugs and he's done a lot of stuff. And so he did like some. You know, it's not it's not transcendental meditation. It's something different. It's trying to achieve ego death through just through meditation. And so he had a guy on who was sort of his teacher. And what's fascinating is to hear about is the idea of someone talking about an experience like a drug person would talk about an experience, but it's right. not a drug experience. Yeah. That was the last thing that I was like, mm, that's interesting. Okay, so every time somebody says the word ego death... I just think of the teenager. I just think you're trying to achieve the teenager who goes, I don't care. Uh, you're just, it's more like you're trying to, as you and I have talked to Sam, uh, many times on our, on our sort of our post show, uh, trying to achieve oblivion. It's this, the idea that you, there is a point at which you're the thinking reactive feeling reactive, right. reactive you, um, is, is no longer there because okay. there is, there's not just the autonomic person. There's not just the, the you know the things of like, well, my breathing is still happening. Well, the, you know my my bowel movements are still happening. Um, there is a something that is behind that that is a still that is still part of you, but that is not the capital Y O U U. Um, that's there, and it's not it's not real. It's not you know it's not uh, proprietary to Buddhism. It's not proprietary to transcendental meditation. It's not proprietary to extremely hardcore drugs, although for people who are really into the deep psychedelics, that's one of the things that people go for. But it's not even for, even for religious ecstatics, too. That, that For some people, that's also a goal. Okay, so it's literally the, the destruction of the barrier between you and the, and the external world. Is that necessarily something we want, especially in the atheism community? Because when thought leaders seem to lose that con- that that barrier between them and the external world, that's when they start saying weird, racist things. I like. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, would you? Would would you? Since I'm not a sociopath, I don't know. Do sociopaths live in a world where they're they're id, their sense of 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 uh, their identity and themselves? is so separate from the rest of the world that they can't comprehend what their actions have on other people or do they just have it and nothing else and i feel like it's a question of focus a person focusing on just their id Hmm. to the exclusion of everything else okay and 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 i would i would eventually like to get to the opposite where my id is the lowest it could possibly be so the only thing that is there is the me i think their id is being defined by their base with these people uh, it's more it's, their id is just their twitter followers it's their twitter followers yeah. it's quite, that's amazing that's that's their id that's yeah. what gets them paid so that's why they become sociopathic well as somebody who who kind of i haven't really talked about this much on the air but uh somebody who who defines themselves by their by what they experience i'm somebody who wants to see it all feel it all uh experience all of the substances all of the states of matter all of the states of thought i don't want to get rid of my red that's just another thing i'd like to experience so uh just getting rid of that so that i have no 
Well, everything in moderation, including moderation. Right. right. I, I want to seek. A, I want to seek oblivion, and then I want to come back. Yeah. And speaking of seeking oblivion, that's all the time we have for this episode. Oh. My name is Sam. This is uh, this is Ask an Atheist. Our website. Our website. I don't have AutoDuck anymore, so I can't just go blasting. <laughs> uh, our website is atheist.tv. Our Twitter is Ask an Atheist WA. Our phone number is eight four four skeptic eight four four seven five three seven eight four two. Thank you, Josh. It's really great to see you again. You too. And we need a definition for atheists. We do. A- atheists. Yeah. Atheists. Is this a school for atheists? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Casey. Thank you so much. Sam. Thank you, Becky. Thank you. We will see you next week. <laughs>